0: Cinema's Cinema's Soft Soft. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And today I want to talk uh, just briefly about uh, one, some new some new stuff that I've watched as well as some revisits from movies that uh i i how do i say this i originally didn't much care for and then upon rewatching i enjoyed them a little bit more and uh and i know that it happens from time to time where someone will you'll watch a movie and you'll be like nah that wasn't that good uh and then maybe years later you You decide, hey, I'm going to give this one a rewatch just in case. And then, to your surprise, hey, that wasn't so bad. Actually, that was a pretty good movie. And it might just be uh, you've matured a little bit or you're at a different place in your life. And so certain movies mean different things in different times in your life, I guess. And I'm happy to report that one movie that I originally did not like – I uh ended up on a rewatch. I ended up enjoying uh a lot more and and the reason here's another reason that I think that it 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 uh improved on a second viewing is I watched it right after a similar movie as far as subject matter. And that is uh, kind of creature feature, but we're talking like real creatures, like animals. So animal attack type uh, movies. And on the other show that I'm on, Movie Freaks, my current roulette movie, which is, if if you listen to our show at all, we each, my my co-host and I, Eric Marner, we pick uh, roulette movies off of Netflix. And that means it's a movie that we've never seen before that we are interested in, but we're not sure about. So we throw them uh we throw the grenade to the other person and they get to pick one movie and watch it and then review well uh this past episode i chose a movie called the pack to watch and uh i you know you know me i'll watch pretty much any horror movie i will i'll watch and um even the worst of the worst of the worst i'll at least give it a chance just in case it turns out to be something that you know i personally myself kind of enjoy and so i picked out this movie called the pack this is from 2015 and i want to just start start by reviewing just giving a very short review of that movie on this episode before i really jump into the movie that i watched right after this to cleanse my palate so to speak so the pack is from 2015 from director Nick Robertson. And uh, it uh, it was uh, shot in Australia. It's an Australian movie. And uh, you know, maybe it is because I'm getting older and more jaded. And uh, just have less of a tolerance for n- newer type movies. But I uh, I hated this movie. And I hated it for all the reasons that I could see maybe, uh, you know, someone half my age enjoying. I thought that it was, uh, um, I, I'm the, the, the plot of this movie is as basic and simple as you can get. A pack of dogs attack this family in the countryside in their house and they fend for themselves in the house and it's Night of the Living Dead with dogs. Having said that, this just caters to the attention-deprived audience member and this is kind of a slow burn movie too but it's still it just feels rushed and in all the wrong ways every time this this they they use real dogs in the movie for the most part I believe every time the dogs do a major attack we jump to a real close tight shot of a blurred something happening on screen that you can't really tell what's going on because the camera is shaking and I you assume that it's a dog attacking a person because that's what it's implied but they don't have the um the confidence in or maybe the budget to to back the camera up and put the camera on stilts I mean, put that thing on on a tripod do something except shaking that thing around viciously So as to to give you the illusion that the dog is attacking and here's how it feels when the dog attacks is by shaking the camera. I hate that. It took me completely out of the movie. And the acting was adequate in the movie. And it was filmed nice in another one of these low-budget movies with a minimal cast and slick high-def cameras and all that good stuff. And I just don't... I don't have a whole lot of patience for these types of movies because it's almost like they the budgets have gotten so small on movies like this where you can get a really high end video camera and bang out a movie for not much. And again, I I guess I give credit to, to them for using actual real dogs, but uh, wow. It's just generic characters, generic story. And uh, that, that, completely obnoxious, shaky cam crap that ruined it for me. It was a chore to get through this movie. So after the movie was done, uh, I thought, you know, I, I want to watch an old creature feature. One that that I haven't seen in years. And just give it a rewatch just, just in case. Maybe it's better than I remember. Give it a chance. And especially after my... Uh, my going through all of the Jaws sequels. I watched Jaws 2, 3D, and Revenge, all to significantly more and more, less and less quality productions there. Obviously, if you know those movies, you, you know all about which ones are good and which ones are pretty much stinkers. So I decided to watch a movie called Grizzly again. And the movie was from 1976, I have it on DVD and I've actually been meaning to upgrade to the Blu-ray that Scorpion put out but uh, if you know Scorpion releasing their titles uh, generally don't dip a whole lot below 25 bucks especially they're limited to 1,000 units uh, run and I'm like you know I just I remember not liking this movie Uh, when I first watched it probably I would say close to 10 years ago Uh, but Hey, it's got Christopher George in it, and Christopher George is in Pieces, and he's, if you know Christopher, if you're a horror fan, you know who Christopher George is. He's in The Exterminator, City of the Living Dead. Uh, He was in Enter the Ninja, the slasher movie called Graduation Day, which I actually quite enjoy. But he was also in Grizzly from 1976, directed by William uh girdler and who actually passed away in nineteen seventy eight and he only has nine director credits to his name he uh started with Asylum of Satan, which come on what a name uh I love it three on a meat hook, Abby, which I believe that's a horror movie in fact, I believe I've seen that movie uh, that could have even been something that I watched on the uh on the roulette from movie Freaks. Let me see here. Abby, that sounds so familiar. Uh, Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it's not good. Okay. Anyway, uh, Sheba, Baby. And that one there is with Pam Greer. I actually watched that one, and I liked that movie. And uh, then a couple others. Day of the Animals, which I really liked, and The Manitou. But Grizzly might be one of his most uh, well-known movies. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about grizzly. A 15-foot-tall grizzly bear terrorizes a state park, leaving it up to a park ranger to save the day. So what does that sound like? Ah, that does sound a little bit like Jaws, but with a grizzly bear. And that's exactly what you get down to almost every last detail. Budget, the budget for this movie was $750,000 and we're talking about every single beat in this movie coincides for the most part with the, uh, jaws. and instead of the water, it's in a, a park. and it's it's I, on a second viewing, I'm like, I kind of like this. this is this is good. It's shot on film, obviously, from 1976, so thumbs up there. It's not slick digital video. It's it's film. And there's no CGI, of course. So they have to rely on tension as well as some actual legitimate uh, bloody scenes. And this movie is PG. Today, it would have easily been uh, an R rating. And it's not a hard R, but this grizzly bear tears some I mean tears some people up it's not the most realistic but the camera it has backed up just a bit and we actually see a little bit what's going on we can at least see a big fake looking grizzly bear arm swinging at the camera and then cut to no-name 70s actor falling on their your face blood you know pouring out between their fingers and it's, it, it works you know it's you kind of know what to expect and it, it just the movie works and the, the first time I watched this I was bored and I'm like this is such a blatant ripoff of Jaws who would like this but now it's like ah, no you know what I enjoy this I enjoyed it's not great but uh, and it, it, I will say this, as far as rip of Jaws, Piranha is probably my favorite one. But this one here is officially one that I plan on uh, revisiting. And I honestly, I'm not sure if I'm going to spend $25 on it, but for the right price, that movie is going to be on Blu-ray in my collection. This was, uh, at the time... It ended up becoming the most financially successful independent motion picture of 1976. It earned $39 million worldwide at the box office. And uh, it was the record was held for two more years until Halloween came out in 1978 and broke that record. And um, I, I can see where it would do good uh, because Jaws was so popular. And if you like Jaws, you're probably going to like this but $39 million in 1976 on a budget of $750,000 is huge. So, I think that's great. That's uh bravo to them. In 1977 the movie uh Day of the Animals released, it, which was the following year, uh was sometimes it was mistaken for a sequel to this movie because it, you know, it had the same director and uh the uh, the storyline is a bit similar. Production and distribution company, and producer, and it actually even it starred Christopher George, and there was another actor that started in it as well. But this is not a sequel, or these movies are not considered sequels, but you know they kind of are. Uh, and Day of the Animals, I do think is is it's better than Grizzly. I remember it being a bit more polished and it's not quite the rip-off of Jaws as Grizzly is, but it's still, that's kind of what it is. You know, animals on the loose. If you do have a choice between watching that pack movie and Day of the Animals, please go for Day of the Animals. That's a little bit more of a comparison there because there's numerous animals and attacking people in the wilderness, whereas Grizzly is straight up rip-off of Jaws. So... Uh anyway, Grizzly, it good movie. It it really does uh it does grow on you, I guess, so to speak. Cuz I I wasn't planning on uh, ever watching that movie again, but hey, see what happens. Okay, moving on, I'm going to talk about a couple other things uh before uh before signing off. Uh I recently rewatched Armageddon. And that would be Warlock Armageddon. And this is another movie that, uh, back in the day, this is the third time I've seen the movie. The first time I watched the movie, I watched this movie in the theater. A very limited uh, theatrical run, mainly because the movie completely bombed. I remember driving uh, quite a far distance to watch this movie with one of my friends. It was made in 1993, the year I graduated. Anthony Hickox directed it. And uh, David Toy uh, wrote it, and this is the sequel to the Steve uh, Miner original uh, Warlock. And upon rewatching both Warlock and Warlock Armageddon, I gotta say that Armageddon trumps it pretty much in every way. I think it's gorier. We're not, I think I know it's a much gorier movie. It moves at a faster clip, and it's a little bit more of a horror movie than the original Warlock was. But this is one where, when I watched it the first time in the theater, uh, I thought it was fantastic. And this is back in the early 90s, so the styles were very grungy. And the girl in the movie, uh, what's her name? Um, Paula Marshall, I believe. Uh, I believe that's her name. She, yeah, that is her name, Paula Marshall. She was actually in Hellraiser 3 uh her name is Samantha Ellison in the movie she is just awful uh, i i i couldn't stand her character in this it's just the, that mopey grungy early 90s grungy girl with you know the mouth is partially open the whole movie so whenever you see her she's uh, and long uh, her dress uh, everything about her annoyed the hell out of me and on the positive though the uh the really dated and fairly lame cgi is actually pretty fun in the movie and it goes quite well with the crazy gore this movie's really gory especially after the pretty dry original this one here really goes for it and there's a uh, uh some guy has turned into this uh, this art type piece And it's just, it screams pre-CGI practical effects goodness. And I loved it. I loved what they did there with it. Uh, But the story is your typical, you know, here's a bad guy and he's out to destroy the, he's a a demon guy out to destroy the world. And here's our heroes that are out to thwart his actions. And it was, uh, it was good. But so... The first time I watched it, I liked it. And then I rewatched it and I'm like, this isn't that good. I don't like this. I think I've only seen this movie three times. And because I remember the second time I watched it thinking, what did I see in that movie? And then I watched it a third time and I jumped back. I'm like, no, oh, okay, that was cool. I liked that movie. So uh, how's that for wishy washy hosts today? Uh, it, but I am firmly, I think I'm firmly now in the camp of no, Warlock Armageddon is going to be considered a good movie. I like that movie. And even the first Warlock, which I didn't like as much. I just, I didn't. It was hard for me to get into that movie. Uh, It was still good enough, but it was about 20 minutes, uh, not 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes too long, completely dry with the gore effects pretty much. And um, it just, it it needed to move along at a much faster clip. It was a more, they played a little bit more up on the fantasy elements versus the low-budget horror that was Armageddon. I have not watched the third one, and I probably will at some point. I'm going to watch part three, but I'm good for now. I've got too many other things to watch. So, anyway, that's that. And um, I wanted to hit on one more movie because, and this is one that is not, uh, that doesn't fit as well in, Soft underbelly material, but I, I just I have to talk about it a little bit because I am not sure when I'm going to be recording the next episode with uh, on, for Movie Freaks with Eric. So I'm going to chime in on this movie that I just watched last night in the theater. I actually got to the theater, which is something of a rare occurrence, even though I work at a theater. But watching the the bigger budget, big blockbustery things, it just does not happen like it used to. Um, I was able to watch Ghostbusters the new remake, in 3D XD. And I am happy to report that I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Haters be damned. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Uh, you know, it, this is one of those things to where everybody seems to just be, have a chip on their shoulder about Ghostbusters. And I don't know why, uh, I I find it hard to believe that it's because the Ghostbusters are now women. It just seems like no one wants this movie to win, to succeed. Why not? It, the, the, the original Ghostbusters I love, but I understand if it's not a true, you know, complete classic, classic movie. I think it is, but it's not held up in regard with quite the regard of something like back to the future or star Wars. I don't think personally, but, uh, I think that it was time for another one, either a sequel or a reboot or remake or whatever. And this one was good. I thought it was fun. It was certainly funny. I, I thought it was funnier than the original uh, and part two, I haven't seen in years. So I'm not going to comment on part two, but the, uh, the leads work together. I'm not going to get into all the technical details, but our four lead female actresses, they work great together. Kristen Wiig is uh, hysterical, but they they all have their moment to shine in the movie and they do really well. In fact, at two hours, not quite two hours, it feels like it goes by almost too quick. Like it could have even used a little bit more time to breathe because it is a constant joke a minute type of thing. But along the way, it's genuinely a, a well made movie. There's the special effects, while they're very heavy on CGI, or probably exclusively CGI, I would guess, are spectacular. The CGI is incredible in this movie and to watch it in 3d we have the uh the proton packs are blasting their their beams off of the screen like right into the theater and uh the ghosts are flying right at you out of the screen and what's cool is that the xd screen that i saw it in which was gigantic uh it was still it had some slight black bars on top and bottom and this is what's so cool about it is so often the beams or the ghosts or the the 3d would pop off of the screen and go past the black bars on top and bottom which i think is ingenious and it makes it feel even more 3d like i loved it i thought it was great a great inventive unique way to do 3d something that's just different but comedy is great i mean so yeah not it not every joke lands but uh, for the most part it's funny and it's got some good PG-13ish scares and it's got a lot of cameos from the original it's a good movie i uh certainly better than x-men apocalypse and uh boy, i've i've seen so few summer movies this year that it's hard for me to uh to compare them to, to compare this to anything other but right now this is probably my favorite summer movie I plan on watching Star Trek Beyond next weekend and I'm going to probably watch the Jason Bourne movie coming out, Suicide Squad's coming out as well. I have not watched Captain America. Uh, It's just the summer has not been the greatest for big summer movies. I have no interest in Independence Day with the trash reviews that thing got. But you know what? For a breezy two hours, check your brain at the door, grab some popcorn, laugh, enjoy the good special effects and the I, it's, it's a fun movie, and I, I'm glad that I watched it, and I am rooting for this movie. I really hope that it succeeds, it makes a lot of money, and we get a sequel. Speaking of sequels, stay through the end credits, which are admittedly uh, cool end credits in 3D. The entire way through, there's like just kind of 3D-ish type stuff going on, so they really, really utilize the 3D. Paul Feig, I believe, did even say that he created the 3D as an immersive experience all the way through. And it is true. It is like that. But at the very, very end, there is a very brief, uh, after credits, uh, stinger and it was worth staying. It was cool, especially for me who is a, an original Ghostbusters fan. I, I enjoyed that. So, um, anyway, that was Ghostbusters, the rebake, reboot, alternate universe, Ghostbusters, whatever you want to call it. It's a, you know what? It's four people fighting ghosts with laughs and good CGI, and it's fun. Go see it. Uh, Anyway, okay, so I covered all sorts of ground, starting with a very crappy Australian dog movie and ending with Ghostbusters, and there's a few goodies in between there, too. So that's going to do it for my show, but please tune in to Movie Freaks as well. We're always talking about... God knows what once the alcohol starts flowing, uh, and also you can find us by the way on iTunes, and make sure to check us out on Facebook as well as cinema uh, as well as uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly. I every now and then I'll update my Facebook with a review or a random comment or whatever, uh, but Movie Freaks as well we do a little bit longer more in-depth reviews on our Facebook page. So tune into Movie Freak's Facebook page and then give our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks a listen to. Uh, they talk talking about a little bit more new release type stuff. I actually would be very interested to see what my buddy Steve Miller thinks about Ghostbusters. So that's it for my show today. I'm off to work. So um, thanks for listening, of course, and um, until next time.